What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Keep It Posy podcast. My name is Jasmine, and this is episode 40. In case you missed it last week, I introduced the Posy Spotlight, a new thing I started where I'll spend some time talking about a nonprofit organization. This week, I want to talk to you about Downtown Dog Rescue an all-volunteer run nonprofit organization that believes in second chances for both dogs and people. Downtown Dog Rescue rescues dogs and provides services for low-income pet owners in undeserved communities in Alley County. Throughout its existence, Downtown Dog Rescue has helped pay for span neuter surgeries has found fosters or forever homes for thousands of dogs, and has provided meals for not just animals, but also their humans. These are just some of the things they do. If you would like to learn more or make a donation to Downtown Dog Rescue, you can visit downtowndogrescue.org. This week's episode features Michael Paul Escanuelas, I've known Michael for a few years now, and during this time, I've seen him perform with most of his bands. He currently has two musical projects, Estoy Listo, an electric indie project he started during quarantine, and Nobody But You, an indie rock project he started with friends a few years ago. In this conversation, Michael and I talked about his musical journey as a performer drive through Records, The Academy Is, Pure Volume, Limp Biscuit, and so much more. Here's my conversation with Michael on the Keep It Posy podcast. Hello. What's going on, dude? What up? Nothing much. It's been a minute. I know, right? It's been way too long. Mm. Like like a year <laughs> right how are you dude not bad just hanging out that's pretty much it <laughs> oh dude i know uh, dude when was the last time i saw you um, i have a guess but i don't know if this was the last time i want to say it had to have been a, sh- I think it was like a show we were both at. I don't know, For what's your sure. guess? My guess is it was a show you played. What's that spot called? Silver Lake Lounge? Oh, yeah. Right? It was like all the homies were playing. I just don't remember if that's the last time. I don't like, I want to say it is, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Holly that played was- that show, right? Who? Javi. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, dude. That was like Yeah. No, that was a long time ago. But yeah, other than that, yeah, dude, because I don't remember anything else after that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cause like, you know, because the thing about it too is that like before they even like the shutdown, there was like the holidays right before that. So it's not even like that much was going on. Yeah, dude, it's been a minute, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, how you doing on your end? I'm good. I'm busy. 
I mean, that's what's keeping me sane right now. Mm-hmm. How about you? You're working from home, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, dude, forget that. Scratch that. I bumped into you at that Starbucks in Burbank. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, now I remember. Fun. Yeah. That- I, um, dude, okay, that, I'm like, no, I think I saw him one other time before that or after that. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, there was what this, it was. Yeah, the Starbucks on the corner because you were working at, the what building was it it was across from from where i because i was over down the road i think your building was like across wasn't it yeah on the other side of the hospital yeah dude um man the fact that i can't even remember the street speaks volumes and the other thing i'm trying to remember is how we met i feel like it was when the motel life was ending things i went to the show you guys like the last show you guys played in in pomona that i do remember was it the one that was um i know because i remember we met during the motel life days and i remember was it the one that was like for like what was that festival they had in pasadena like was it called like rising or something oh yeah i know what you're talking about but i wasn't i didn't go to that it was, but there was like a show right before it. We didn't mean it no future, did we? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't no future, right? No. <laughs> I'm also because, like, I feel like those shows were a long time ago. Dude, man, I miss that place too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that place. You got hot chocolate. It yeah, was cool. Dude. That place was dope. I love that spot. Dude, yeah, I don't even remember the last show I saw there. I I have no idea. I think the last time I was there, I think we played a show. Because I remember when, because like for, because I lived in Ontario at that point. So no future was kind of tough to get to. So I didn't go there as often. Did they ever say why they were stopping? Like why they stopped doing gigs there? Or did, did they just stop all of a sudden? I think like someone else took over like that building. I think oh. it's like whoever like booked shows or there or did shows there, I think was just no longer there. And so okay. like, I do know they like it stopped and then it came back for a really short while. And like it, but it wasn't like, like band. I I never heard of any of those bands that played it. So it was like, yeah, I think it was like alive for a little bit again. And then it stopped again. And I have no idea what they do. Like, I don't know what it is now. I would assume it's just a space now. Yeah, dude. Man, good times. <laughs> Simpler times, dude. Man, I'm, I, yeah. yeah. Man, I forgot about that place. All right. It was, um, a good, it was a good spot. Yeah, dude. Man, things change, dude. Um, <laughs> but here we are, and you've been busy, of course. Aside from your job, you've been doing stuff. Your musical pro, your latest musical project, Estoy Listo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but so you did a Linkin Park cover, and then you also have a song called "Can't Go Back," mm-hmm. featuring uh, Bartiz Strange. And the latest thing was a remix, right? Yeah. Yeah, on that, of of that mine, song? Yeah. Yeah. There was a friend of mine who did uh 
the remix of Can't Go Back, um, his name is, uh, he goes by the monarch of uh, Two Front Teeth. Um, yeah, he did the remix for us. It was, it was fat. It was great. I loved it. When did you start the project? I started this project uh, probably, it was, it was during quarantine. It was all during the shutdown. Um, the other project that I work on as well is called Nobody But You. And with that project, since it was a full band project, we like can't do anything with that band right now. And so uh, my music partner, Gabe, he was, uh, so, like he lives in the same house as me. So like him and I were the only ones who were able to make music together. So I decided to kind of like venture into just another project that's like, oh, it's just like kind of us. This is kind of me by myself. Um, and it's like a project that's like can be done kind of at home. Like we kind of had more control because we were able to just be at home and, and make music. And so that's kind of where this project came from. And like that's kind of been my focus now is just moving towards like trying to write music and trying to finish like enough material to kind of get, um, you know, get complete like into like an album and and uh, finish up like a lot of songs i've been trying to finish up and just really haven't been able to because of the shutdown and everything yeah dude it's been tough with the shutdown um but people have found ways to make music with their bandmates and all that mm -hmm. um was can't go back the first song you released yes and how did the how did that song come about, um, and especially with the collaboration? The song was like a demo that I had been working on for a little while. And then when I decided to kind of like branch off into this project, I, um, I you know, kind of dusted off this demo and refined it a little bit. And Gabe and I worked together on it to kind of like get it going and get it finished. And the actual, like the collaboration with Bartiz Strange actually came about um, I was working with Bartiz on some design work and I was working on his uh, music video um, for, for one of the songs off his Nationals cover uh, EP. And with that, um, we had already like a working relationship. So over the summer when I was working on the demo, I reached out to him. I was like, yo, like, hey, do you want to like be on, be on the feature of this song I have? I have this verse that I wrote. Um, would love to have your voice on it. And then like, he was down, like he was, he sent over like some vocal tracks cause like the shutdown was already happening. So it's like, uh, I sent him the demo, I sent him all the lyrics and the ideas and stuff. And then, yeah, he sent back the vocal track and, and then I just like wrapped it up over here on this and I recorded, we did, did everything at home and, uh, everything on the track was all just recorded in like the spare bedroom of my house and, um, you know, just working with like the equipment we have and. Yeah, it was all just done here, and then, then just released it. It was like, hey, let's like let's get this project going and just put it out. Sick, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, the actual um, the the photography that we had for this project was done by Courtney Coles, and um, I've worked with her back in the day with the with my old band, Their Wedding, and um, Courtney and I were kind of like brainstorming what we could do for like promos and for the artwork. And so we kind of like did it all in one package where um, Courtney came into our house, like entered our bubble and like we kind of like did a little promo shoot where we shot a, a lyric video, we shot the promos and we did the uh, photos for the artwork, which um, my friend Eric, 
who helped me with some of the modeling and stuff like that for the artwork. Um, yeah, we all just kind of did it in one fell swoop and then we were able to just put it all out. So I was like, um, I did like the layout and stuff and um, had a friend of mine do the logo and stuff. And yeah, we just like kind of did it all. It's like in like kind of like the collective circle that I have of like our bubble and stuff. So it's nice to like kind of have a lot of talented friends to kind of just like who are already a, like in your bubble and stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, like, it's, it's easy to collaborate in that way, which is nice. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Um, especially being able to knock it out all at once mm -hmm. is helpful too during these you times. Know, and during these times, you really don't want to spend multiple days on a project, you know, like you just kind of want to go home and, and you know, not, not do anything else. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel that. So, like I said, I mean, you and I, we met towards the end of the motel life. And since then, you've been, you know, busy with music still, you know, doing all these projects. Um, but it, if you don't mind taking me all the way back <laughs> to the beginning mm -hmm. of how you were introduced to music and then musically how you got all the way to where you're at now. Man, that's a that's a long path. That's a, that's a, long, that's a long trail. <laughs> I could figure out the abridged version of that. Um, I think uh, music was not really something that I uh, was able to kind of play until about high school. I started off as like singing, like learning singing. Um, I was in choir and theater when I was in uh, high school, and I kind of learned vocals from there. And from there, I kind of bounced into learning piano and then learning uh, guitar later on. But for the most part, I was just started out as a singer. And um, in my first band, before the motel life, I was in a band called Elm and Oak with my friend Jacody. You know Jacody. Um, and uh, we were in like a smaller band that really didn't go for very long. And then from there, we jumped to like, me and Jacody went to go work on the motel life. And we did that project for like, I think eight years, more or less. And then from there, yeah, I worked on a project called Their Wedding uh, with my friends Alan Celeste Hernandez. Um, and then from there, I moved to the project Nobody But You, which I work on with uh, my friends Ryan, Danny, and Gabe, who then works on the project Estoy Listo with me. And that's the timeline. <laughs> that's the timeline of the Michael Cinematic Universe. And then, yeah, like most, for the most part, I, I kind of just like grew up around music. I always listened to music. It was something I always loved writing about. I always loved listening to. I liked making. Pretty much I always just loved having it involved in my life. And even as I went to school and I went, I didn't go to school for music. I went to school for English. And like, as I like went to school to pursue other things and then I, you know, have my career that I pursue as well. Like music was always there as my, as like my side hustle as my like passion project is like my kind of therapeutic treatment in a way because it's like i look at it as a means of like oh like it's nice to be able to express myself and it's nice to be able to have this outlet of doing that you know like working with people who i respect and being able to collaborate with artists i really enjoy and stuff like that where it's like it's cool that i'm able to do those things like it's it, it makes me feel good especially during like times like these too 
at times like these. So Foo Fighters cover coming? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, it's so funny because, like, I've been playing um, – have you ever heard of the game Rocksmith? Yes. So I've been playing – I play – like, throughout quarantine, I've been playing Rocksmith like crazy. And there's a lot of Foo Fighters songs on it, so I've been really trying to learn all the Foo Fighters songs. Times Like These is on there, and it's fucking – it's fantastic. Those are such fun songs to play. <laughs> there you go. There's your there's your uh, new project, quarantine project, Foo Fighters cover. Turn that into a, a sweet Halloween show. Like, you know, maybe we'll get Halloween this year. Who knows? Dude, Have a Foo seriously. Cover set. That would be sick. <laughs> uh, so that's five bands you've been in. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Five bands or so. Well, where were some of the first artists you listened to? Mm, I think when I was a kid, I think I used to listen to pretty much like what my siblings would listen to. I was the youngest in my family. Well, I am the youngest. It's not past tense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still the youngest in my family. Um, and so like pretty much anything like my brothers and sisters were listening to, which was a lot of like, I guess in the 90s, way back in the late 90s to mid 90s, um, a lot of Oasis and Third Eye Blind. I grew up a lot on like that indie um pop rock kind of style goo goo dolls and um everclear was a band i i, I loved everclear growing up i still love everclear so good hands down Thank like you. one of my favorite bands of all time is everclear that's awesome yeah and so i was like that's kind of what i grew up on and then um yeah like i think that was always my main thing and then going into like junior high and high school that's when like pop punk more became like my like go-to genre of things and like i loved um like that was like you know when the early november was really popping off and drive through records and starting line and then like um going into like high school when hello goodbye started to come out and stuff like that was my jam senior year i think academy is is when they came out and i was like oh, this is good stuff good stuff dude that first album of theirs oh it's one of my favorites i, I it's one of so good Dude, I mean, that time period, though, was just, like, going off <laughs> with, all, with those labels, too. I mean, Drive Through, mm -hmm. Fueled by Ramen, um, Hopeless, like, just, I mean, I know Hopeless is still around and killing it, but, man, those were just, MySpace, I mean, was huge with, with all those bands uh, getting out and doing the thing. Yeah, I remember listening a lot to Pure Volume back then. Oh, yeah. I remember MySpace was big for a little while. I, you know, I think when the Motel Life was active, I think MySpace was already done by then. And But I think Pure Volume was still, like, a thing, if I remember correctly. Um, it's funny because it's, like, it, it, how I was introduced to these bands, I feel like, is, like, the gauge of, like, what era it was. Like, it's either, like, did, you know... Pure Volume introduced me to this band? Did MySpace introduce me to this band? Or did, like, Facebook introduce me to this band? And it's like, those, figuring out which platform introduced me to a band, it's like, oh, that's how old I was. <laughs> that's how old this is. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Message boards, compilations. Yeah. Going through, like, Absolute Punk. Um... I guess punk punk news. I forget. Wasn't there like punknews.org or I forgot. I remember absolute punk. I know that one was a go-to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Punk news has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, absolute punk. And there were, there were, well, for me at least, there were some bands whose message boards I would join. But then it got to the point where they always had to restart a new message board because they got hacked into and some stuff. There's just all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. I'm like, all right, I'm going to log off yeah. until you guys <laughs> could clean it up, I guess. Um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't quite as secure back then um, with uh, message boards. Those were like the Wild West. I feel like it's just like you would just build a message board in um, a lot of the free apps that they used to have or like the free message boards you could start. Yeah. I guess this was before like Reddit. So you didn't have like a subreddit you could start. You started like a message board. It's <laughs> crazy, man. Um, what bands did you find out or learn about through pure volume in MySpace? I remember um, Cute as What We Aim For being a pretty prevalent my or a Facebook band. Or, no, Facebook. Pure Volume. Pure Volume band. I remember, I think I discovered, and I really, I remember really loving uh, A Thorn for Every Heart off Pure Volume. Do you oh remember that band? Oh, God, dude, yeah. I think, I, think, I think Pure Volume introduced me to them because I remember I really, oh, Hidden in Plain View was one. I remember they were a Pure Volume band. Dude, hands down, I love that band. Oh, so good. Okay, okay. Here, uh, I have, there's, um, do you remember, this is a deep cut of Drive Through Record, and I'm always so curious if anyone knows this band. Um, they came out around the same time as Hidden in Plain View, and they were called, I think, uh, Jonah? Yeah, I, you know what? I have they, a comp from Drive Through yeah. with them on there. Yeah, um, they only had, like, an EP, and then they yeah. just broke up. I, and, but, like, that EP's so good. <laughs> that song that they had was so good and then they just disappeared dude yeah there are some bands on drive through that i'm like man like it's a bummer they they didn't do more yeah they like the you know like you figure I mean, businesses yeah it was a business and the business didn't do so uh, yeah so it's dude like it just disappears and whatnot that's wild um yeah dude but hidden <laughs> in plain view i think for me, uh, they're like my top three drive-through bands. Yeah, Hidden and Plain View is definitely in the top. I feel like it, it was uh, um, was Newfound Gloria drive-through band. They were for one record, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. Like early two. on, I think I think you're right. Yeah, like those early records, I think were uh, all drive-through stuff. Yeah, like I think Hidden and Plain View. That's, did you go to the reunion that they had not that long ago? What was that, like a few years ago, wasn't it? The one um, with when they played with the early November? Did they play with early? I don't remember. Maybe, yeah. So was it, I, was it, did you go to the LA show? I, yeah, I went to uh, the Terragram Ballroom. Yeah, that was okay, it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was, at, I was at that show. Dude, oh my God, I wish... I could have seen them. Well, I'm not really sure how much, how many times they could, they were out here when you know back in the day. Uh, like back when they were active, I saw them once when they were back when they were, um, like active back then. I saw them in when I was in high school. I think Same. I was in high school. I saw them at the Roxy. They played oh. uh, with "Hello Goodbye" and "A Thorn for Every Heart." Uh, full circle. It comes back. It always goes back Dude. to like one for every heart. It was hidden in plain view. I think was headlining. Hello, goodbye opened, and a thorn for every heart. I think opened. 
I don't know if there's any other bands on that, though. I just remember those ones. That was a good show. I was like a teenager driving out to Hollywood and stuff, and it's like, oh, man, I'm so cool and hip. <laughs> Dude, so sick, man. The one time I saw them um, was with Spittlefield mm. and uh, the Academy is. What venue was it at? The El Rey. Oh, nice. Dude, that show, that was like my first small show. And I have Mm. a funny story about that show. Like, I didn't, you know, it was a small show, so I didn't know what to think of it. I had already gone to like three big shows, Mm -hmm. um, like at the Long Beach Arena, you know. But, dude, like people went crazy. And you know how the Al Ray, there's those steps on the sides? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dude, we were falling because of how crazy it got. (laughs) <laughs> dude it was awesome though like i yeah. oh my god the best i I, have, I haven't been to the because the l ray i think is actually kind of close to where i live um i haven't been there in a long time i think i can't think of the last band i saw i i went there not that long ago but i don't really remember what was the last show i went there for i like the l ray that's not, it has that weird, those risers that are kind of weird, but like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty cool venue. Yeah, I like it. I also feel it depends who's playing, because if you're going to, if a metal band is playing, those steps might not. Uh, yeah, that's very true. It might not work out yeah. too well. Um, yeah, that, one, that one's, because it does, like, the way that pit is formed, yeah. it's definitely not a pit that you want a lot of activity <laughs> people are gonna get <laughs> like, hurt like, yeah there's like <laughs> stairs in the way it's like they have like the that's like the kind of venue that has like uh waiters and waitresses like wandering around too like taking drinks like that's uh, definitely not a venue that you want to get too rowdy in. <laughs> Dude. man i can't imagine that's crazy yeah i remember um, seeing um i saw uh the jakes there when the um, young the giant oh they were the the jakes Uh uh-huh um i saw them there and they played with steel train i remember that like thinking that was like a really dope show wow yeah because like the they were the jakes still at that time but i think they were they were they did play my body that was like the big popular young young the giant song right yeah yeah, that's a good jam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they played that song, but they were still the Jakes. Dude, I forgot about dope. that. Yeah. What's the first album you ever bought? With my money? <laughs> yes. I think it was Green Day, Dookie. Mm. But I don't think it was when Dookie came out. And I remember getting it from like Target back when Target used to have like the CD section. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they used to have like the CDs in those white locks or something. I don't know. Oh, remember wow. these? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. They don't, they don't want people to take the $20 yeah. CDs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I guess, you know, if you really think about it, yeah, CDs are pretty easy to steal back in the day. So it's like, it's not like they had all the security measures they have now. So it's like, yeah, they had like had them in those white locks, it, it, and the, yeah, this, they would unlock it at the register. <laughs> Dude, man, that's wild. It's um, crazy. It's crazy how we how like department stores 
used to do these security measures. <laughs> Dude, there's no way you're going to be able to steal that. Mm-mm. You know, I, I'm pretty sure the pandemic has just made me nostalgic for the 1990s department store. <laughs> God, dude, seriously. That's where we're at now. That's who I am. <laughs> That's where we're at. What was your first concert? Oh, I remember. So it was in... I think I was a freshman in high school. I was definitely in high school. Yeah. So I remember I went to a show that had, I don't remember who else played, but I had like these friends in high school who really loved like, I guess it would be an emo metal, I suppose. Um, in retrospect, but I think at the time they thought it was metal. Anyways, I saw the band Adima who was like the cousin of the guy from Corn or something, or the guy from Corn's little brother or something like that. Do you remember that band, Adima? It sounds familiar. I don't, maybe I just never give them a listen. I, I genuinely don't remember what like the somewhat popular song was. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was that band. I have no idea who else played because I thought the show was terrible because I wasn't really like a big like like th- that style of music like the the those friends that i had like that freshman year it was a very awkward phase in my life it was those friends i had like that freshman year like they were like really into like um uh like corn and marilyn manson and like kind of like the like i guess it's like just the goth rock kind of stuff um yeah, and I, I remember that show. But, like, man, I thought Adima was the best when I saw him. <laughs> that was a good, that was, like, a really dope set. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, that was the first show. It really did not shape what music I would really listen to, but it was definitely an experience. Do you remember where it was at? The Glass House in Pomona. Oh. Yeah, it was the Glass House. Um, but it was, like, the Glass House before, like, the Glass House got bigger. Like, you know, like how the, the glass house is bigger now. Like, it has that really big, like, back area. I don't remember that area kind of being as open. I think it was smaller back then. Um, but I could also just be, like, this was like 30 years ago, so. <laughs> no, I guess it was like 20 years ago. Maybe 20, no, maybe 15. Uh, I'm, I'm 34. <laughs> You're 34? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I thought you were younger. Nah, it's because of my. It's because I shaved my face, so I look young. Dude, no way. Yeah, me and me and Javi are the old dudes, man. Javi, I think Javi's two years older than I am. And then, uh, yeah, I'm 34. Dude, where are you originally from? Ontario, California. So you you were you're from Ontario, and then where did you go to school? I went to Laverne, the University of Laverne. So when I was in college, that's when I was like doing a lot of the motel life stuff. That's how I can remember what time frame it was. <laughs> Dude, sick, man. What three bands, dead or alive, would you play a show with, and where would you play? Oh, man, you ask really, really loaded questions. <laughs> Let's see. Um, it, it's funny with that question because you don't want to pick, like, the bands really idolize because that'd be really intimidating to play a show with them. So it's like, do I, do I really want, like, 
like my dream bands, I guess, you know, maybe like with enough courage. All right, I think I can, I can handle. Um, uh, I would really like to play a show with um, Dev Hines from Blood Orange. He's always one. He's, that dude's so ridiculously talented where it's just like playing a show with him. Can I like pick people from any genre? Like it does it, do I have to think about the strategy of the show of like will the show work and flow with these bands? Am I the headliner? <laughs> dude, it's your lineup. You do what okay. you're booking this. You don't care about yeah, anything. I don't, I, don't care. I don't care about like what the people are going to be like. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Then. It's got this band with this band. Um, there's no budget, you know, dude. There's no, no budget. budget. I can have anyone I want. Yeah. You know, you figure too, it's like you get such a great lineup and then you want your homies to play, but it's like, that's not the dream lineup. <laughs> or maybe it is the dream lineup. I, you know, I don't know. It's just like, uh, okay, you know, I'm going to go back. You know, I got Blood Orange on the bill. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I got to bring someone who's dead in. I got to like really wow the audience of like, okay, someone who's like gone, bring yeah. them back. So let's, let's bring Prince back. Cause that would be dope. Ooh. Although I would, I would like be devastated to play that show. Cause I don't want to play with Prince cause I'm not nearly anywhere good enough to be around him, but <laughs> we're taking that all out of the equation. here. So we got Prince on the bill. We got Dev Hines on the bill and then I'm going to throw, um, I'm going to throw Coheed and Cambria in there. I'm going to oh, put them. Wow. On the bill. Yeah. I'm going to throw them on the bill just because it's funny. I, it's one of those bands where I always think to myself, I, like, I don't immediately think to myself, like, oh, yeah, I really love this band. They're really great. But I find myself listening and talking about them so much that I think to myself, like, I think this is one of my favorite bands. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize it until, like, I'm really, like, thinking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I really do like that band. So I'm putting them on the bill. Yeah, that's the bill. <laughs> and then us. Yeah, um, that's the least of plays. It will headline the show. We'll have a big audience. <laughs> okay, cool. You answered that other question because I was going to ask which of your projects would it be? It would definitely be the, it's got to be a story listo just because it's like, that's the new project. I got to get more ears on it. You know, it's like, I got to introduce the new project before I can bring back any of the old projects. <laughs> Do you have a venue? You know, I would, this is, this show, because it's so wild and intense, I got to keep it low key. It's going to be at the Troubadour. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to be at the Troubadour. So we're going to have all these bands at the Troubadour, but like, no, no, we're not going to announce it. It's just going to be on the marquee. And so people will drive by and be like, I'm sorry, is Prince playing a show with Coheed and Cambria and some Spanish band, Estoy Listo? <laughs> Dude. That would be sick. <laughs> like, then, uh, can you yeah, imagine, for real though? Like, I mean, in a normal setting, because you know, <laughs> already know, but like, you're driving by and you see a big band on a marquee for a small venue, and it's not announced, and you're like, wait, what? That's right now? Yeah, yeah. It's like, is that happening? Is is that a, like a thing? Dude, yeah, like that there's would... no online sales. It's purely you have to walk up to the show and buy a ticket. Oh my God, someone, someone needs, someone needs to do that when we go back to normal. I went to um, 
It wasn't exactly sick. like that, but I remember going to a Troubadour show for uh, Limp Biscuit, where they announced it. This was like two years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the $2 bill y'all toot show or something. It was $2 to see the show. And I, they just went online. They sold out really fast. And I remember going to it and thinking to myself, like, this is a really good show. <laughs> like, Limp Bizkit put on a really good show. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah, I wish mind. I could have seen that. Yeah, like, it, it blew my mind in a way. Like, it was one of those things where it's just, like, I kind of even knew, like, I'm experiencing something that I will know. Not many people will probably ever experience. Like, this is a pretty fascinating show. It was really good. Dude, you're, like, the second person who I know who was at that show. It, it, it was so good. Like, it, it's crazy. It blows my mind. And, like, the fact that it was at the Troubadour, like, the Troubadour, I would have to say, I think is, like, probably... Of the middle-sized venues, I really love the Troubadour. Mm -hmm. I guess, like, that one and the bootleg, I think, are some of my favorites. I guess I like them all for different reasons. I don't want to, like, play favorites on venues, you know? Like, they're all my babies. And I love them all equally. (laughs) Dude, I can't wait to go back. It's going to be awesome. What would be your first show? Like, what would you want to go to? Like, a club show, a festival, or, like, a big show? Like, what kind of show you want to go to? I think a small show, a venue like the Mm Hi-Hat, just mm -hmm. because if it means friends are playing, just so I could see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want a a good local show. Just a solid... Solid, good local show. Were you at the um, uh, audio karate show? The one in, last December? Yeah. No, dude, and I'm so sad. That night, there was all kinds of shows happening. Yeah, there was. There was a lot of shit going on that night. I remember. It was like, and, oh, which one do I go to? And I was almost going to work a festival. I forgot the name of it already, but it was going to be – it was a hip-hop festival. And they're like, oh, we don't need you. I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like, cool, what <laughs> show am I going to go to this weekend? Like, it, there was a lot going on that, that, yeah. that day. So, but no, dude, how was it? Oh, it was fantastic. It was definitely, um, because I, 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 I went to see Jamie and see Audio Karate, obviously. But I didn't know anyone else who was going. So I just kind of like hung out in the back and watched it. And it was so good. It was so fantastic. But like they played, they played the hi hat not that long before that show too, I think. Yeah, for Space Camp, right? Yeah, the Space Camp one. I remember that was over the summer. Yeah, that was so much fun, dude. That day was crazy for me, but I because that, that was also Echo Park Rising too. Oh, like, that's right, that, dude. That yeah, um, that day was the K Rock pool party in at Morongo Casino. Oh, really? And <laughs> so it was crazy because it was the first time they did it there with two bands. And normally they just have one band. And it's always been like winners only type of thing. And so they had two bands that day. It was Iration and The Interrupters. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of The Interrupters. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to make this work. I got, I left as soon as they were done playing. And I got to the hi-hat, and Odd Robot was, like, down in, like, three songs when I got there. 
Oh, snap. Um, so I missed the first band, but yeah, dude, that show, oh my God. That was my first <laughs> time seeing Audio Karate. Yeah. It was awesome. Audio Karate puts on a great show. Well, like those, those are hometown homies right there. You know, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, dude. Um, and it's crazy because I, how many, I've seen them like two more times since that show, I think. The one at the hi-hat or the one? Yeah, the one at the hi-hat. The first time they played. Well, yeah. the one they played Space Camp. Yeah. Um, and the last time I want to say was when they did Fest. And that was my first oh. time at Fest. I've never been to Fest. Dude. Where's it at? Gainesville. Yeah. Do you have a big LA audience? Because all we've talked about is LA locations. And anyone outside of Los Angeles would have zero idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> um, you know, the last time I checked the stats, I want to say, well, I can't remember LA specifically. Man, cool. I can't remember California specifically. Most people that listen are California. I'll say oh, that. Good. They'll know. They'll know the landmarks we're talking about. Yeah, they're golden. You know, when we when we talk about cobalt, or we talk about no future, or we talk about um, the glass Pasadena. house. Yeah, Pasadena. <laughs> that those are all things that uh, we're in the cool kids club. That yeah, dude. Club. Sick. What helps you stay posy? Yeah, no. I've had a lot of time to think about this because I've had to find many things to keep me positive during quarantine because it's tough. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have actually one thing I think that's been really enjoyable and it's it's relatable here is um, I, I like I have a uh, I really love collecting records, but a lot of the times when I collect records, but in the before time. I feel like I wasn't listening to them very much. And I feel like during quarantine and since the shutdown, I have actually really kind of found a new love of putting on a record, sitting with like a sleeve and just like kind of looking through the lyrics and stuff. I feel, which is something that like, you know, I, you wouldn't think that like a record collector wouldn't listen to his, his or her records very often. Mm. Like that being like a thing, but like, yeah, it's like, I was just collecting for a while and I wasn't listening a lot. So, like, it's kind of nice to kind of, like, be, like, I guess, like, find that passion and that love again for just, like, sitting down, putting on a record and just, like, chilling and reading the lyrics and looking at the artwork and stuff. Like, it's funny that I would take that for granted. So, that's, that's, that's keeping me positive. Yeah, dude. Sometimes you just got to sit back and do that with your music, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's nice, you know? good stuff especially when like there are like uh like la based bands just putting out like their own stuff and it's like they can't do shows or anything like that so it's cool to kind of just buy some local band records and just sit and listen to them i like that i like it too it's it's nice it keeps it keeps me sane (laughs) yeah right especially when you look back and you're like wait that's what they were saying the whole time oh okay (laughs) <laughs> oh man, it's it's always such a weird feeling. I've been list- I was listening to um, I forget the album name, but the band is named Addy. Let me see what the album is called. Um, 
Eclipse is the record. And I bought that record last year and I was listening to it recently. And I never really go through the lyrics with it. And I was just like blown away. Cause I was just like, how have I not realized like these are the lyrics? These are fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, oh yeah, that's what they're saying. I don't have anything else to ask unless you want to talk about something else. I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't have much else. You know, I'm working on some tunes, working on music now, getting getting this project a little more off the ground. I think that, I think work in general, and mm-hmm. I apply this both to like working in design. That's what I do full time as well as I'm a designer and doing design work and doing music and kind of just being creative takes kind of a toll on you during quarantine. It's not as easy because like the world's kind of very stressful and I take my time with working on stuff right now and it's been really nice to kind of do that and take a step back and sit on some new music and I think it's uh you know trying to just get stuff done during quarantine has definitely been a process and a learning experience so um, but yeah, I think for the project at Storylista, we're working on music, getting getting more stuff done, and yeah, just trying to like chill and wait until sh- we can start doing shows again, and you know, ex- experiencing live music again, which hopefully will be sometime soon. That'll be cool. So yeah, keep on keeping on. We'll be doing our thing. And we'll go see Audio Karate again. We'll go see that Troubadour show with Prince, Coheed, and Cameron. Oh, and dude, Hyde. man. Honestly, we'll have, though. We'll have my not baby. They need, honestly, the whole marquee thing would be so sick. It would suck, though, if it was a band I loved. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know that show is going to be impossible. If they do the marquee thing, we're not going to go. We're not getting it. Dude, <laughs> There's just no way. That's hilarious, man. That's so good, though. <laughs> So that was my conversation with Michael. That was a blast talking about music discoveries from high school. If you would like to follow Michael's projects on social media, you can search Estoy Listo on Facebook and at Estoy underscore Listo on Twitter and Instagram. Estoy, E-S-T-O-Y, Listo, L-I-S-T-O. If you'd like to follow Nobody But You, you can search for Nobody But You on Facebook, at NBY Music on Twitter, and at Nobody But Period You on Instagram. Thank you again to Michael for being a guest on the podcast. If you haven't yet, please check out the Keep It Posy podcast playlist on Spotify. Can't Go Back featuring Barty Strange and Can't Go Back, the Two Front Teeth remix, the latest Estoy Listo releases have been added to the playlist. Also added to the playlist is Los Angeles by Nobody But You. As always, you can hit me up via email or social media, keepitposy.com for all the contact info. Thank you again to everyone for listening to another episode of the Keep It Posy podcast. Please take care of yourself and watch out for each other. Stay posy always. And remember, life is like a mosh pit. If you see someone fall, 
you gotta help that person get back up. 